Hello there, and thanks for joining me again today on today's podcast, Pornography. Pornography, that's the topic today. It's the topic of the day. And sadly, it's a topic in the lives of many, many men and women, primarily men, but a lot of women as well. So this is no respecter of person, if you will, but it's a major, major problem that's facing our country, facing the church, facing businesses, facing professions, and right down to the individual, regardless of age, to very young children, all ages. It's a public health crisis. Now, let me just put this in perspective a little bit, okay? The percentage of people who say they view porn at least several times a week Now, that would suggest that they are using it pretty regularly. Coming home from work, going into a back room, sitting there isolating and looking at porn. Waking up in the middle of the night, going to a room, going to opening the computer and watching porn. Before going to bed at night, going into a room, turning on the computer, watching porn. All these scenarios are how it's done. But 63% of men in the ages of 18 to 30 watch porn at least several times a week. 63%. And if you're in the ages of 31 to 49, just short of 50, 38% watch porn regularly several times a week. So it's decreased, almost half. And if you're above 50 years of age, only about 25% watch porn regularly. That's men. That's men. On the other hand, women, if they're in the ages of 18 to 30, 21% watch porn regularly. And if you're in the ages of 39 to 50, or 31 to 31 to 50, it's only 5%. So it's an activity of women in the ages of 18 to 30. And it's an activity of men in the ages of 18 to 50. And a little bit thereafter. So you can see it's irrespective of age, and uh, certainly women, but not quite as much, but involves our female population. This is regular porn watchers, which means now we're going to have implications of that. But it's a growing uh, activity. Uh, in, by 2017, a quarter of a billion dollars I mean, pardon me, uh, 2017, a quarter of a billion people are watching adult content from their mobile homes. So by the end of the year, 2017, we're going to increase this by 30% from what it was in 2013. So you take those five years, it's increased by 30%. And look at it, it's about a quarter of a billion people now, or by the end of this year. That's how many people watch it regularly. From their mobile home, from their mobile phone. And um, the growth rate is about 25%. Now that's quite an industry. You know, if you were selling a product, if you were in an industry, and you had a growth rate of 25% annually, you'd be making big bucks. And uh, that's quite a growth rate. Uh, rate. So it's probably the fastest growing industry in America. 
Um, and you look at a 25% annual compound growth rate. Now, what about the church? Men in the church, women in the church. Well, of those that identify themselves as Christian and attend church, it's men 64%, women 15%. So it's in the church, it's in the church deeply. It's in the church in a uh, growth rate pattern uh, because the growth rate annually at 25% involves the growth of men in the church as well and women in the church as well. So it's going to be an increasing problem, you know, for the church. So um, then you look at businesses. It's the same thing. It's the same rate. Businesses are affected. Men and women are spending time watching pornography when they should be working. Lunch hours are often extended. The dull time in the afternoon often turns onto a uh, video of pornography for a brief period of time. Doors are shut. Doors are locked. Guys are inside watching pornography while they should be working. Especially if you have a private office. It's easy to do that. So as it prevails throughout our country at all levels of business, all levels of church involvement, all levels of ages, men and women, and obviously down into the, the, the younger ages as well. Now, there are four states that have now declared that pornography is a public health crisis. It's an epidemic. It's a dangerous epidemic. And are taking steps to do something about it. Four states. For instance, let me give you the rundown on these. In January 2017 now, South Dakota unanimously passed a resolution that declared pornography a public health crisis in which they said it links to the lesser desire in the young person to be married. Now, that's South Dakota, public health issue. <clears throat> then you go to Virginia. They passed a similar resolution in its House of Delegates in February, just a month later, describing the harmful impact of pornography and calling for education about its negative repercussions. So that's Virginia. So we go from South Dakota to Virginia. Now let's go down to Tennessee. A third resolution labeling porn a public health hazard passed in the Senate in March, now that's a month later, and, moved, and now moves to the House of Representatives. And it will be taken up there shortly. Then we go over to Utah. Let's go back up the northwest. Utah made headlines early last year when its legislature passed the first verdict naming porn a public health crisis. So those are the four states. South Dakota, Virginia, Tennessee, and Utah, all recognizing that pornography is a major problem, a health problem, and it's affecting marriages and affecting the lives of individuals. And when it's a public health issue, it can be addressed, and there's funds for that. Otherwise, it was just merely an activity that people watched and it became addicted to. So it became part of the addiction world and then became part of the criminal world when people got into children or child pornography. 
and used it to sell and distribute and so on. There were various kinds of laws against uh, the use of pornography. So it became a criminal matter, it became an addiction matter. Now in four states, we have it to become a public health matter, a public health crisis, which means it can be addressed within the health context, within the medical context of that state. Funds can be attributed to its prevention. Funds can be assigned to the treatment of or to the therapy of people in this particular addiction. So public health crisis is probably a good thing in the sense that it's allowing us to get our hands around a little bit and be able to bring it under you know, some control. But it's paralyzing the church. You know, it's paralyzing the individuals. It's paralyzing marriages. It's paralyzing families. It's paralyzing businesses that are struck by the use of pornography. It is pervasive. But the problem is that the individual in pornography, who uses pornography, believes the lie, is bought into the lie. And the lie is just simply this. This is just who I am. This can, I cannot change. This will never go away. I might enjoy a week or a month of sobriety here and there, but ultimately, this is embedded in my soul. I can't get free of it. That's the lie. That's the lie. That's the addiction lie of drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and all other forms of addiction, shopping and uh, eating and so on. There are people who believe that this is just the way you are. You're born this way. It's inevitable. And nothing can be done about it other than to take a vacation from it, you know, periodically. Yet we have considerable amount of research that shows that in the area of addictions, we can help people become free and move out of that addiction lifestyle and uh, the dependency upon the addictive device or the addictive, the addictive substance or the addictive uh, image that has to be viewed. So it's a lie to believe that you can do nothing about it. It's a lie to believe that this is embedded in your soul and you can do nothing about it. Creation did not include the act of pornography. Creation did include the act of sexuality, but not pornography. And this is the distinction that one you know, has to make. But you know, when men are involved, men and women are involved in this pornography, there are several questions that I pose and uh, would here again pose for your consideration. I call it the church question. The church question is mainly this. If you're involved in pornography and you go to church, stop going to church. Or contrary, stop the pornography. Church and pornography are not synonymous. They don't go together. They are not compatible. This is not the place for pornography. This is not the place for pornography based mind. It's not the place for a pornography, an active pornography addict. So stop going to church until you get rid of that pornography, that addiction. Or go get that addiction taken care of so that you can go to church in honor and in integrity and in fullness. So that's what I call the church question. They're incompatible and stop the nonsense 
of going to church every Sunday, looking good, being in leadership, being an active church member, and then going home and watching pornography for the rest of the week. Get out of the church, if that's what you prefer. Okay, that's the church question. I have what's called a pre-marriage question also. That's the second question. I call it a pre-marriage question. If you're into mar if you're into pornography and you're considering marriage, stop the marriage plan. Get out of the marriage plan. Tell your intended spouse that you're addicted to pornography and marriage is not compatible, so you're leaving the relationship. Get out of the relationship if you're going to continue to live a life of pornography. So that's the pre-marriage question. You can't do both. And you can't just quit pornography for a week and say, okay, let's get married. It doesn't work that way. You have to show a consistent pattern over an extended period of time that you're out of pornography before you can enter into the marital relationship. Or even living together, for that matter. So that's what I call the pre-marriage question. They're incompatible. you got to do one or the other, but not both. Then I have what I call the psychology question. It's double-mindedness. You can't be double-minded and focus. And focus well and be productive and be creative and be uh, effective in what you do. You can't be in a profession. And your mind is drawn to pornography intermittently throughout the day. That's being double-minded. In other words, you're going to be unstable in your work. You're going to be unstable in your relationships. You're going to be unstable in your friendships. You're going to be unstable in your colleague relationships. You can't hide a life of pornography and work at the same time in a productive and creative way. You're double-minded. And when you're double-minded, you're unstable. You're unproductive. You're, un you're uncreative. You see? And your relationships are at jeopardy. All relationships are at jeopardy. So that's a psychology question. Get your mind clear. Get your mind focused. Get your mind uh, unified. And stay with it so you can be productive. And get that pornography out of your life. And until then, you better tell your boss, you better tell your company, you better tell your business, you better tell your customers or whatever, you're taking a leave of absence to get this area of your life turned around. And then I call, what I, well, I have a question which I call the mind question. The mind question. That's cognitive dissonance. It says, for anxiety, you live a life contrary to your beliefs, to your values, and to your morals. That's what anxiety is. Anxiety is when you live a life that's contrary to what you believe and what you have in your soul and in your morality. So if you're into something like pornography, which is contrary to your moral beliefs, you have a state of cognitive dissonance, a mind complexity. And you cannot be focused. You cannot be productive. You cannot be creative. In fact, you're going to have so much anxiety, it's going to interfere with your productivity, you see. So you have to do one or the other. Change your beliefs or change your behavior. 
You change your behavior, you're changing your addiction to pornography so that it becomes consistent with your moral beliefs and your values. But if you can't change the pornography, then you have to change your beliefs to the idea that pornography is good and it's right and it's proper. But you've got to put them on the same page. You've got to put them on the same plane. That's cognitive dissonance. When they are in two different directions, your belief system and your behavior patterns are inconsistent with each other. That's cognitive dissonance. And your job is to reduce your anxiety, is bring your life together so that your behavior patterns and your morality and your value system are all one. They're all integrated as one. So it's a big question. If you're into pornography or you know somebody's into pornography, there's some major, major decisions that have to be made and major changes in your life that have to be made. And you can't do it alone. And even your pastor can't be a great help to you. He can be a little help to you, but not, of, not in this kind of an addiction. You have to get yourself into a therapy program with an addiction counselor, somebody who's trained and experienced in the addictions. Not just a matter of taking medication. Not just a matter of taking a vacation. It's not a matter of just getting rid of the Internet or magazines or books or pictures or whatever you use. Not a matter of that. Not a matter of just disassociating with other people who use pornography. This is an ingrained addiction as a drug addiction, as alcohol addiction, as overeating addiction. Okay. All the various forms of addiction, shopping addiction, and so on, and so on, and so on. This is an addiction. This is embedded in your brain. This is a brain behavior problem. This is a glandular problem. It's the adrenal gland that when you watch pornography, your adrenal gland goes into a state of arousal and produces adrenaline, gives you that state of high. And that's why you use pornography, because you want that state of high. You want that adrenaline state that charged up state and pornography produces that and it's primarily an adrenaline problem the adrenal gland produces that adrenaline and just gives you that surge of energy that surge of excitement that surge of of power and of majesty if you will and that's why you use pornography because that's what you're seeking is that state of high so that that adrenal gland produces that brain activity and registers that in the brain, in the memory system of the brain, so that you remember those images that you watch and then you feed off the memory of those images where you don't even need the computer anymore. All you need to do is sit back and remember all these images that you've watched and that will produce that high. That adrenal gland will activate and produce that adrenaline which will create that state of high, that state of of arousal and that's what you're seeking that's what pornography is all about not a moral issue although there are moral issues involved in it it's not a marital issue although there are marital issues involved in it you know it's not just a social issue that you have no friends you have no companion or you have no spouse or you have no girlfriend no boyfriend no it's not that it's part of that but it's more than that it's an addiction based upon your need for arousal so that you experience that high, that adrenaline rush, and you have found that pornography images produce that adrenaline rush, and you live off of it. 
And when you don't have the pornography images in front of you, you turn to your memory bank that produces those images. And then that leads to the adrenal gland releasing the adrenaline, which gives you that state of high. So it's an internally driven mechanism that goes on and on and on. Well, this has been the Psychology Report on Pornography. A tough topic, an important one in our culture today, and it's so tough for all of us. But we've got to do something about it and deal with it. So if this is your issue, listen to this podcast again. If you know someone that this is an issue, send the podcast to them and tell them to listen to it. It might be of help. But get them into therapy. Get them into a professional counselor that's trained with addiction and the addiction of pornography. And I think we can get this thing under control. Anyway, I turn you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Take a look at some of the books there, and uh, particularly the one on healthcare. Uh, Achieving and living a healthy lifestyle in a world of stress. And this topic today is a health issue. So get hold of that book, and you'll see some advice in there. You'll see some guidance in there, how you can live a healthy lifestyle today in our world, which is a world of stress. So thanks for joining me today, and we'll see you again. Bye for now.